Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Salby Sima Era Podcast, a podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com slash network to get more perks, like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs, Spy Dude Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Golden Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback at the email address at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris. So, Spectacular Spider-Man, issue 139. This is from June 1988. Uh, Movies in the theater were Willow, Rambo 3, Big, Funny Farm, Roger Rabbit, Coming to America. With Spectacular Spider-Man 139, it's written by Jerry Conway. Art is Sal Basima, and editor at the time was Jim Salkrup. And at last, the sinister origin of the man called Tombstone... What is his strange connection to Joe Robertson? This issue tells it all. Joe Robertson is a man haunted by his past. Many years ago in Philadelphia, he remained silent after witnessing Tombstone commit a homicide. Now Tombstone has come to New York, and Robbie decides that it's time to make amends. And it's a decision that may cost Robbie his life if the web slinger doesn't get to Battery Park in time. Origin of Tombstone cameo appearance by the Arranger, and uh, the letters page included a letter from comics publisher Charles Novinsky. There we go. Take us away, Chris. Well, first off the bat, because I didn't really go into it. I mean, this is uh, Tombstone's like second or third appearance uh, because he appeared in Web of Spider-Man uh, recently, issue 35, but in a quick drive-by, that's where Robbie freaks out. But I wanted to go a little bit about Robbie Robertson. Uh, he was created way back in 1967 in Amazing Spider-Man number 51 by Stan Lee and John Romita Sr. Uh, John Romita Sr. took over the book from Steve Ditko. And he was written as, uh, he's considered to be the first African-American comic book character that's written as a supporting role, a serious supporting role, and not comic book relief. So he actually does also predate, uh, I think, uh, Black Panther just by a little bit. But he's not a superhero. He's just a guy that puts Jameson in line. But we didn't really get his backstory until right here. I mean, they created him in 1967, but we never got his origin story until just this issue that we're covering, which is pretty funny when you think about it. 
Um, also, if you remember, Robbie Robinson has been made live action. He was in the first three Spider-Man movies. He hasn't appeared in any of the films since then, like uh, the Amazing Spider-Man or the Marvel Universe Spider-Man films. Oh, he was in the um, the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans? Yeah, he was uh, in all three of uh, the original Sam Raimi films. Okay, I think I remember that now. Yep. Um, he even says uh, to uh, he even says something about we haven't seen Spider-Man in a while, Peter. He was a lot guys. Um, but for years, and you know, the one time Peter revealed his identity to everybody, but you know that got rec- that got fixed, and no one remembers. Um, for years, Peter has always wondered: Does Robbie know that I'm Spider-Man? Which is pretty funny when you think about the fact that Jameson does know Peter is Spider-Man today. Yeah, I I, uh, I I am not up to date on Spider-Man. So we open the issue with someone trying, looks like someone trying to take a shot at uh, Peter and uh, uh, Spider-Man. And I just absolutely love the way Sal draws uh, Spidey in these panels very quickly. Like the one where he just goes dumb and then walk, pops the guy right in the chin, knocking him unconscious. But the guy is actually gunning for Robbie Robertson and uh, Joseph Robbie Robertson. And he goes to Peter's apartment. Uh, sorry, Peter goes to Robbie's office, excuse me, and picks up this uh, old ancient arcade device that we call a tape recorder and play, presses play. And he hears a story of Robbie's entire life story, his origin story, about how he was a uh, newspaper uh, reporter for his high school. And he was going to write an expose on one of his classmates, uh, a.k.a. Tombstone, who was a, a albino African-American. So I just have to, I got one gripe. It's raining and he's listening to the tape recorder in the rain. Yeah, that's a little strange. I mean, it's, it's just like <laughs> Batman sits there in the rain or whatever, reminiscing about some lost love of his <laughs> in the Batman Mask of the Phantasm movie. And it's like, really? Of all the places to just sit there in the rain and have a freaking flashback. <laughs> well, um, you, you know, makes him brood a little more. <laughs> Yeah, he, he emits a spider aura around him to protect the uh, that, That's confusing with another superhero. Kate Cushing and Jameson think they hear Robbie's voice, and he wants to help his friend because Robbie is a stand-up man to Jameson. He's the only person that could probably stand up to J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, back over at the Kingpin Tower, the Arranger, who is a character that was created in the Daredevil comic books, he basically sets up stuff for the Kingpin. Uh, he has hired the tomb- he has hired Tombstone to get the Persuader to work for Kingpin. Persuader basically has the mutant ability to mind control people, very similar to the Purple Man, but he's not purple. So this also sets up Tombstone working with Kingpin, which um, in the most recent uh, movie, uh, the animated movie, which one was that? Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Uh, Tombstone is working with Kingpin as well in that. Right. So uh, back to the flashback, which is, by the way, the flashback panels are a little different than the regular panels. The flashback panels are a little rounded, whereas the regular panels are all their normal kind of sharp edge squares. Yeah, I like that. Robbie gets the crap kicked out of him by Kingpin. Like a thud in the face, a crack in the jaw, and then a fam right in the front of the face. Like, this should have killed somebody. But this is before Tombstone would become, like, granite-like skin. So he's just a big, tough bully. Yeah. And And you gotta think that a guy who's an albino African-American, he probably has to grow up to become a tough guy. He's gotta be able to defend himself. And it probably really twisted him into the person he is. 
they don't really get into Tombstone's backstory right now. I think that comes later on about, you know, Tombstone being born to probably two black parents, but he comes out completely looking like the way he is. That probably really screwed him up. I love the the inclusion of the bullying and the high school story in this because it, it definitely brings it down to earth. You know, it's not all superheroes. It's somebody's real issues that they're talking about. Right. Also, they constantly draw uh, Tombstone with the like the uh, jabber jaws like shark teeth. Yeah. Uh, which is very funny because, you know, he would have that off and on. You know, sometimes they draw him with regular teeth and sometimes he has like shark teeth. I don't know why. Maybe he files them down and then gets implants. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Robbie goes to work for a Philadelphia newspaper um, and he gets a hot tip and goes out to meet his informant and Tombstone has killed his informant and gives him like the blinking eye like, hey, we're still friends, aren't we? You're not going to tattle on me. And this entire scene where he realizes it's Tombstone who's just killed his informant and the guy is all twisted up, bent out of shape. And Robbie trips over uh, some cords and then a light flashes into this guy's face. These entire scenes are just absolutely haunting. Uh, totally. And you can also tell Robbie's a very young man because he has a full head of black hair, whereas pretty much since Amazing Spider-Man number 51, he's always had gray or white hair. He decides he's going to go confront Tombstone by himself, which Peter hopes to be able to get to him in time. Uh, Robbie's had it. He's had he's had it with being terrified by Tombstone, and he's going to take matters in his own hands. And Spider-Man wants the information from the uh, arranger about Tombstone, but he won't give it up. And that is when Tombstone breaks Robbie's back like Bane does Batman. So he pulled a Bane before Bane did it. So now, Chris, I got a good question for you. So now Robbie goes to shoot him, and he goes, oh, I'm wearing Kevlar. But I thought he did have some kind of, like, stone-hard skin. Is that not at this point? That never uh, happens uh, until, like, much later in the cartoon series. It was, like, that's why he um, uh, looks like the way he is. Uh, so in the cartoon series in the 90s, they don't get into the whole, like, he's an albino African-American. He's, you know, he was just black and then he gets dunked into the tank of chemicals like the Joker and comes out with the stone hard skin and he's completely bleached white from head to toe. Okay. So in the comics that never happened, the, the hard skin. Uh, I think it does eventually, but I don't know when we'll get there. So I'm not going to comment on it right now. Got it. Now, if you, uh, on the still story, uh, Leo, if you want to bring up uh, previews, if you can, the newest issue of uh, Amazing Spider-Man has Robbie back-to-back with Tombstone and Robbie's son, Randy, and Tombstone's daughter, who's the current female Beetle, are holding hands. And Spider-Man's like kind of like above them in between the image of Robbie and Tombstone. Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was great that they're bringing... That, that has been a plot line that has been going on for uh, a couple years now that Randy Robertson is dating Tombstone's daughter. So and I'm like, are, when, are, when, when are we finally going to get the fathers to confront each other? So are you talking about uh, last Wednesday's issue or a preview of an upcoming issue? It's a preview of the upcoming uh, upcoming Amazing Spider-Man. I think it's uh, the March release schedule. <clears throat> is she a thief too as the Beatle? Yeah, no, she's not a good person. <laughs> she's a straight up bitch. <laughs> she's a, she, she's not a psychopath killer, but she's not afraid to kill and get what she wants. But she's not like her father. She's also a lawyer too, by the way. So she's also a dirty lawyer. Um, and she is uh, 
part-time leader sometimes of the syndicate, Sinister Syndicate, and she's got a major hatred for Randy, uh, Randy and Peter's roommate, which is Fred the Boomerang. Because she knows he's the boomerang. Peter knows he's Peter and Randy knows he's the boomerang, but he's trying to like reform. And it, so it's like Randy, Peter, and Fred living together as roommates. And Peter has to keep his identity secret as Spider Man. But they also have a living monster living with them, Gog, the monster who walks. Uh, so don't ask me how Peter keeps his identity secret. Um, anyway, Peter has pointed out to Randy more than enough times that, by the way, you know, you're girlfriend is a super villain right she's the beetle and her father is tombstone and brandy's like no no it's okay she's trying to reform and he's like you have do realize the history her father has with your father right and randy's like yeah we're not going to talk to my dad about that (laughs) but finally at long last the issue i've been waiting for is coming up uh randy's uh randy and uh beetle i don't know the beetle's name but randy and the beetle's parents find out what's been going on which again, this has been going on for almost two and a half years, maybe three years in the comics. In, in our in, in in our time, sorry, two to three years in our time. In the comics, it's probably a few months. But this is a great first issue, beginning of the Tombstone arc. This goes for five issues. So, uh, and then we take a little bit of a break from it, and it picks back up again in Spectacular Spider-Man 150. But we'll get there. Nice. Um, and then it says, next issue, Spider-Man is out for vengeance as he scours the city in search of the killer that broke Robbie's back. But there's another costume vigilante searching for Tombstone as well, one that's not as nice as Spidey. I think I revealed uh, last week that it is Frank Castle, the Punisher, gets involved. Oh, very cool. Which was my first exposure to the Punisher, which is very cool. So, you know, very impressionable at, you know, age of 10 when I first read this, being like, who is a Punisher? What does he do? And then what did I do? There's a Punisher movie? I watched that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which, uh, so uh, that would have been the Dolph Lundgren one? Yep, the Dolph Lundgren one, which is very funny when you think about it. The Dolph Lundgren movie came out the same year as Batman. Really? The ads in the, yeah. Rarely. Uh, I mean, it was being made in Australia, and Batman was being filmed in London at Pinewood Studios. So, you know, we didn't live in the age of the internet at the time. So, you got to think about whether or not newspapers got from Australia to, uh, sorry, England to Australia for them to find out that, oh, we got competition with Batman. Just wanted to point out some of the ads in the issue, by the way. There's the now you can be the next Joe personalized G.I. Joe action figure. You can basically make your own G.I. Joe. And speaking of Daredevil and the Kingpin, she has to kill him. She loves him. Daredevil, the man without fear, introducing Typhoid Mary and a tragic story of love and death now on sale for Marvel. And this was the first appearance of Typhoid Mary, the split personality, schizophrenic, psychopathic uh, assassin that Kingpin would hire. Oh, wow. Who would use her psychic powers to um, seduce Matt Murdock and sleep with him and break him up with Karen Page. Right and uh, there's a, also there was a, also an ad for the Avengers number two ninety one, the end of the Avengers, because this time period takes place after the events of the Avengers Siege story, where the uh, under siege, where Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil broke into Avengers Mansion. Okay, the the first siege, the one we we thought about covering for this week, not the under siege. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like the movie. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, and then, by the way, so the Marvel Bolton Bull, Bullpen Boltons in here covers Jim Salakrup, who is an editor on the Amazing Spider-Man titles and Web of Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, and What If. I'm gonna bring that up right here. Yeah, Salakrup section. Yep. 
Jim Salkrup. I don't know if he's still with us today, but uh, yeah, he's the uh, profile spotlight on. They have a bunch of really cool questions in here. I'm not going to go over it. It makes the show longer than it needs to be. No, but, uh, you do get somebody complaining about <laughs> uh, the um, mixed storylines. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he's talking about there's there's too much crossover and uh, too much confusion and uh, the response. Yeah, I see I see that letter right now. That person, Charles S. Novenskeen, who by the way they print his address here, yep. <laughs> uh, would not do that today. Uh, but Charles is an idiot because they have not done that many crossovers. They did the Craven's Last Hunt story, and then a couple months later they did one other. But honestly, there has been barely any crossovers with the other ty- spider titles up to that point and then they only did two and then they went back to being their own separate books with little things obviously trickling in like spider-man switching from the black to the red and blue or peter and mary jane moving to the penthouse apartment happening amazing yeah. you know they, they got the apartment in web they had the big movie party in web they moved in amazing and it affects the rest of the books you know what i mean they're packing up in one it's not like you need to read the going away party to understand what's going on they just threw that in there because that was what was they wanted to write about well he says uh so uh he says he enjoys the sanquits covers uh but it's appeared to be too much fill-in story uh he mentions uh uh let's see there hasn't been too much uh, Spider-Man books since the wedding, since uh, the honeymoon. Spider-Man's been drugged, buried alive for several weeks, and then shot and drugged and placed in a mental institution. All this and hardly any concern that from what we've seen from his newlywed wife or anyone at the Daily Bugle. I don't think. Uh, I hope we don't have any more of these epics planned for the near future. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh- um, other than when like Marvel does a giant company crossover, no. Um, I mean, like I, we've mentioned numerous times, Inferno and the Evolutionary War, but pretty much after that, no. It's all regulated to at least the annuals, and a spectacular web of amazing and adjectiveless Spider-Man, which doesn't come out for a few more years, all are self-contained up until Maximum Carnage. Yeah, and that I think we talked about before. That's pretty much where I... Uh dropped out there was way too many crossovers to keep up back then well we're gonna have to cover all 14 parts of maximum card it's gonna be a great one month long show yeah Maybe we'll put the uh, maybe we'll put the Maximum Carnage game up on the uh, the still story with the music off with the sound off to uh, stream it while we're talking about Maximum Carnage. <laughs> uh, maximum Carnage actually came up on last week's Still Token with as well. Uh, the artist uh, he played with a band that did the music for it. Yeah, uh, Green Jelly. Yeah. Yep. They were at, at Rocket Shock, by the way, the last year of Rocket Shock. Yep. Uh, yeah, he was there playing. Yep. But we'll get there. We are. We're Maximum Carnage is nineteen ninety four. What year are we in, Leo? Nineteen eighty six. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. Yeah. 88. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we are. We are so so far away. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so for next week, it says next issue: Spider Man is out for vengeance as he scours the city in search of the killer that broke Robbie's back. But there's another costume vigilante searching for Tombstone as well, one that's not as nice as Spidey. Yakety yak! Broke Robbie's back. <laughs> uh that's awesome. Uh, Chris, uh, anything else you'd like to discuss about this? 
No, uh, we're pretty much on a uh, one issue at a time um, schedule now uh, up till uh, the uh, High Evolutionary Clone Saga 149. So uh, even Inferno will be doing one issue at a time because, well, the rest of the uh, comic book show needs to cover the rest of Inferno, (laughs) (laughs) which is a lot of tie-ins and crossovers. So, Well, we'll we'll do our best. What, what, what will be the three-part Inferno uh, coverage because of all the crossovers and events or whatever, and the spectacular show has three issues to cover? Well, we can do a uh, yeah. We we can whatever you're doing for that issue, we can try to figure out a tie-in. All right, we'll, uh, that, that's the best way to do it because yeah. we're it's a giant, massive multiverse, multi you know, uh, Marvel universe crossover with every single title they were putting out. Cool beans. <laughs> you say that now. Just wait. <laughs> hey, I'm loving this. You know, it, it's uh, like like I said before. I, I'm I'm reading a lot more comics now. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I have. You oh, got... and then we got the uh, the next probably big crossover will be Cosmic Spider-Man, which was Acts of Vengeance, which was also a massive crossover event in every title. Spidey had cosmic powers, so we got probably have to cover a couple of the, the other Spider books or whatever, just to ref, at least reference them and say, oh. He fought Magneto and Amazing, but back in Spectacular, this is what he's doing. But uh, Acts of Vengeance was huge. <laughs> uh, so besides these, uh, you know, um, are you guys reading anything else on the side? Or I, I know, Chris, you're you're always reading something. Uh, the Spider-Man books, like I mentioned, uh, yeah. what's happening right now? Uh, oh, uh, Mr. Negative recently just came back and Amazing. Uh, we're still dealing with the fallout of Kindred in that. Um, don't can't really don't have anything else to say other than you know Mr. Negative came back and Kindred is still a problem. Harry Osborn, uh, Liz just found out the truth that Harry is Kindred, uh, his ex-wife and the mother, you know, um, little Normie Osborn, who a lot of that comes into play huge in our run of Spectacular eventually with Liz, Normie, Harry going nuts, <laughs> Harry on drugs, Harry with daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you, Velvet Joker? Are you reading anything on the side? Truthfully, no, not at the moment. Yeah, I just uh, started uh, Immortal Hulk. Oh, That's a great one! Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just read. Yeah, phenomenal so far. So, uh, yep. yeah, we'll have to talk about it uh, in, on an upcoming episode. Hey. But we'll wrap things up. I know. Uh, Actually, yeah, it's ending soon. It is. Yep. Okay. They're ending as of issue fifty. Oh, nice. I kind of like that, you know, it's, you know, you start a storyline, you end it kind of like, you know, what Batman's been doing, you know, for the fat, uh, since, uh, new 52, you know, it's, they, they start a storyline and then they kind of finish it. It seems like anyway, since, uh, rebirth is kind of ended, right? Rebirth's been over for years. Well, not, not they're yet. on the uh, new. They're on the uh, future state right now, which is basically like I yeah. don't know, like ten years in the future. So we're doing another future DC story, and it's affecting every freaking title and well, all these new characters and IP are being created. Like Lucius Fox is Batman, or not Lucas Fox, Lucas Fox. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, it started with Rebirth, and they ended with uh, uh, spoiler: Alfred dying, Batman losing oh. his uh, uh, all his money. And him moving into apartment with uh, with Cat, uh, that's the last I saw, and I, I and that's right before Future State. Well, did the, the, the Death Metal series sort of end the DC universe, and now it's all rebooted? Uh, no, they didn't re- quite reboot it, but they launched Future State. It's it's 
certain things ended and certain things didn't. It's so complicated. Nobody's like running the same gambit of editorial over at DC Comics. This is the problem they're always having. Yeah, because uh, you know I I go through the weekly books and there's some storylines that are still going regular, and then you have yeah Death Metal, uh, which look like the end of the DC universe, and then Future State just started, but. Uh, I know you want to keep things short, so we'll wrap it up. Um, and uh, Chris, where do you like people interacting with you? Um, they can go over to – we got a new episode of Goth Girl Horror coming out this week covering uh, Ava, Daughter of Dracula uh, versus Hackslash issues one and two with me and Charcy. Um, and uh, anybody who kickstarted Vlada, A Dracula Tale, we are printing that this week and uh, – uh, we'll be shipping it out as soon as the prints, printed books come to me. But we are finished with the art, and we are putting the book together now to send to the printer. Awesome. So 300 copies of that going out to Kickstarter backers. And then uh, I got an additional 115 orders uh, for retail. That is awesome. Huge congrats Indeed. on that. Good to hear. Yeah. By the way, the Wicked Horror Show is live right now. Ah. <laughs> you can't have competing dorky network shows happening at the same time well i mean we we plan to be (laughs) (laughs) we plan to be done by by around nine ish so uh we're we're wrapping up uh velvet just a quick thing with spider-man uh you were playing the the spider-man ps4 game did you finish it i did okay so the miles morales game not spoiling the ending but the post credit scene ties into the post credit scene of Peter's game. Oh, nice! With, uh, Norman Osborn checking in on his on his on his son, and we see some uh, black stuff in a jar. Oh, okay. They're definitely setting up the sequel to be obviously, you know, the debut of Venom. Yeah, Venom. I uh, yeah, I didn't one hundred percent the game, and I'm waiting to do that with uh, once I get a PS5. Because uh, I want to replay the remastered and obviously pick up Miles, because uh, it looks the pictures I've seen look amazing on PS5. Miles was a lot of fun. Yeah, there's also a couple of uh, tie-in novels that you could pick up if you really wanted to. Very Peter's cool. got one that takes place before his game. It's about um, his investigation of Nor- Kingpin, which led leads into the beginning of his game. And it's um, Miles's novel is uh, Peter giving him permission for the first time to finally go out as Spider-Man. No, you know Marvel really knows how to do the tie-ins. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for watching or listening. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.